Welcome to week three of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast Waiver Wire Show. It is myself and Betts joining you once again to talk about some waiver options for this week. Um, yeah, so it, it's a pretty dull week. I don't know. It, is there any anything really exciting going on here injury-wise or otherwise that you can think of? I don't know. Like you mentioned, it, it did seem very kind of meh when I looked at all the names this week that we're, we're going to talk about. Um there are a couple injuries that are out there that might affect some other players that you might not necessarily be picking up. For example, uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo injury, um, the Tyrod Taylor injury, which we'll talk about here in a minute. So there's a couple of things that are going are gonna to affect indirectly other players, but they're likely already on rosters. So for waiver purposes, it probably won't affect things a ton. Yeah, and you know that's the reason I, I put the quarterbacks at the top of the sheet here today because I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a pretty widely owned guy. Uh, people are going to be looking for a replacement, so I feel like the quarterback waivers this week are going to be a little bit hot, especially with the emergence of a couple of rookies. So let's go ahead and talk about those real quick. I think the biggest one up on the docket here today is Baker Mayfield. Uh, took over for Tyrod Taylor after he left with a uh, concussion uh, symptoms. Uh, he got knocked up pretty hard there in the game and had to exit and Baker took took over and looked really good. He threw for just over 200 yards in about a half and a couple plays. Um, yeah, so how do you think Baker looked? I'm pretty excited. We'll talk more about that on on uh, Wednesday, but I'm excited for he Baker. He looked great, man. He looked confident. He looked decisive. I mean, you could just tell the eye test, right? You, you watched Tyrod play in the first half, and then you watched Baker play the majority of the game in the second half, and... It was just more zip on the ball. He looked more accurate than Tyrod. This is a huge bump up for all the weapons um, in Cleveland. So I thought he looked great, and, and I'm excited to see what he can do moving forward. Yeah, um, Tyrod is an okay quarterback in general, but boy, has he looked rough to begin this season. I think it was definitely time uh, for even Hugh Jackson to figure out that he should be starting <laughs> Baker Mayfield. So... Uh, looking for that going forward, I think that's very intriguing for the Browns. I think Njoku gets a nice boost there. He already saw a little bit of uh, extra target boost there when uh, Baker came into the game. So if and I don't have him on this show doc, so I'll just say real quick: if if Njoku is somehow on your waiver wire, uh, spend a couple bucks and go get him. He's going to be a good ad for the rest of the year. But Baker himself, uh, I'm not really to I'm not really ready to bet the farm on him. I'll, I'll put out like three, four, five bucks depending on you know, who my quarterback is. And if I'm streaming or whatever, I'll, I'll take a chance on him uh, based on what I saw. So I don't, you, you think any differently there? No, I'm pretty much agree with you on that one. I would have him right now probably slotted in as a mid-range QB2 in terms of weekly rankings. So he's definitely going to mm -hmm. be a matchup type of play. Um, so as far as waivers are concerned, I agree. I'm not putting a lot of, of fab on him. Um, even if I do need a quarterback, I'm willing to, to go cheap on that and just kind of stream the position week to week. Yeah, definitely a save your money week here uh, in general. So actually, let's let's move on to the other rookie quarterback that kind of uh, showed out a little bit this week. Unfortunately, against my Vikings, Josh Allen uh, looked pretty good, all things considered. I mean, you know, he's been a widely divisive guy this offseason, uh, kind of going between the film and the analytics groups. And I thought he looked good. Uh, you know, I'm willing to admit uh, when maybe I was wrong about a guy, I didn't expect him to do so well, but his rushing looks really strong. He had that rushing touchdown. Uh, I think his passing looked fine. He'd made, you know, decent choices and stuff. How do, how'd you like Josh? 
Yeah, I mean, anytime the Browns win a game and the Vikings get blown out at home against <laughs> this Bills team, you know something's going on weird and wacky in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Allen looked looked good. I think the thing that I'm most impressed with is his 15 out of 22 passing um, against arguably a top three defense in the NFL. So I was impressed. Um, obviously, I'm not ready to put him up there with you know uh, the rest of the quarterbacks that are surefire starters each week. I think it's a situation to just kind of monitor and, you know, more of a more of an exciting thing for Dynasty and probably for next year than anything. But I'm definitely going to keep him on my radar for sure. He's on the radar. And, you know, if you start hitting that bye week uh, situation and maybe he has a plus matchup, you know, I might think about throwing him out there. So that'll be, you know, a couple weeks wait and watch. But if you have a deep roster, definitely if you're two QBs, probably already owned. But um, yeah, and before we move on, did you see him hurdle the defender on that? Rush yes, attempt? yes, I did. My that was uh, pretty insane, actually. He's he's very I, athletic. Honest, there, there's no doubt. Yeah, I didn't realize that he actually just he had that much athleticism. Obviously, everyone talks about his arms um, and his ability to move around in the pocket. So I've known that he could do that, but my goodness, I was shocked when that happened. Yeah. And then I okay, so we'll move on to I think this is one other QB that I thought has looked pretty decent. Uh, he's on a three and O team, which I think shocks all of the hosts on the Red Shirt Show. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I think he's looking okay so far. And frankly, if you have an underperforming quarterback, maybe like an Andrew Luck or like an Alex Smith, you might consider you know swapping out for a guy like Ryan. And I think he's looked. Well enough so far. I, I'll have to pull up the stats on what he's done exactly, but it's been when I when I looked at it briefly, it looked serviceable. I mean, he could he could be a, a low end QB one on any given week. So I don't know. It's I might swap him out. Yeah, I've got him pulled up right here, Kent. So I'll go ahead and read him off for you. Uh, he was 17 of 23 for 289 yards, three passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, which I think is impressive. Um, and then he carried the ball three times for 26 yards. So that is a factor for for Tannehill that most people don't actually consider or give him credit for is the fact that he can pad his stats a little bit on the ground, which, as we know, for a quarterback in fantasy is huge. Um, so I was impressed by him this week for sure. He's been a guy like you mentioned that we all on the on the pod have been kind of down on and not really impressed by. But um, like I said, man, it was a wacky week three. So when you least expect it expect it <laughs> yeah no kidding and for what it's worth ryan Tannehill will be getting Devonte parker back soon um uh, that may or may not help him but uh yeah, yeah. he played a little bit uh this last week oh he did actually. oh he did get back in oh i i thought yeah. he was inactive sorry he only yeah, seemed he inactive didn't play he didn't play a full allotment of snaps um, okay they did get him back out there in a limited package yeah well, let's go on to the wide receivers, which is arguably the most exciting uh, category this week. And actually, I don't think it's arguable. I think it's a fact. But uh, up first, let's talk about the big name here. I mean, he had three touchdowns. Calvin Ridley on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the rookie, again, another rookie popping up here. I think he looked really strong. He's a really polished route runner, strong football player. I mean, yeah. I, how do you argue with three touchdowns, you know? My God, man, that guy looked explosive uh, for sure. Yeah, three touchdowns. It, it catches your eye. I'm hesitant that this will happen in the future. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it's it's very intriguing. And I think the fact that this happened for someone not named Julio Jones really gets me excited for Matt Ryan moving forward if Ridley can establish himself as a weekly you know, productive player in this league. 
Um, we've seen that offense where it's pretty much Matt Ryan to Julio Jones on repeat. But mm-hmm. if the defense can give some attention elsewhere, it will only help Julio. And obviously that helps Matt Ryan. So uh, I'm excited for that offense and what this does for them. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you pick up Calvin Ridley, you're you're point chasing a little bit. Don't expect to pick and play right away. You know, you probably have to sit him and watch a little bit. Matt Ryan has been able to support uh, more than one wide receiver. I know he usually kind of goes straight through Julio, but uh, Muhammad Sanu's had some fantasy relevance here and there over the years, and then kind of been sharing that with uh, Taylor Gabriel as well. So. If if Ridley can step up and take the targets, I think he's worth adding. I I'd say like six six or so dollars, six percent. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think anywhere in the six to ten percent range, maybe going a little bit higher if you are uh, wide receiver needy or you play in a three wide receiver starter mm-hmm. league. Um, that's where I can see his value really coming into play. I would probably have him in ranking somewhere around a wide receiver three on a week to week basis. Um, but after what you saw in week three, I don't know if there is a wide receiver three who adds as much upside as what he just did. So yeah, I like no, him. no kidding. And I definitely agree on the Matt Ryan take as well. So that was, that was a good call there. Let's go on to Tyler Boyd. I think uh, looked really, really strong this last week. He's he's in his third year now. It's, you know, that's the normal breakout era or time frame, I guess I should say, for a lot of wide receivers in the league. And Tyler Boyd's looking good. He's playing mostly out of the slot. I think it's about uh, 65% snaps out of the slot or something to that that effect. Uh, and he's had, you know, he's averaging seven targets a game. He had 100 and I think it was 20-some yards and a touchdown this last week. Uh, looked really good. And I thought that he was bailing out Dalton a little bit on those overextended plays. Um, yeah, I, I think I like Boyd long-term better than Ridley though which may be a little bit of a of a hot take considering that three TD outing uh, what, what are your thoughts on Boyd going forward yeah he went six for 132 and a touchdown um, it's obviously a little bit less impressive than what Ridley did but when you look at long term I think I do agree with you and the fact that you know I think that there's a chance that Ridley's production and what we saw was more of a flash in the pan than anything compared to Boyd given that he you know, scored a touchdown now in his second straight week. Um, I think that he's someone that can produce. I think that his upside is limited as long as AJ Green is healthy. And AJ Green did leave this game for a period of time from the third quarter on. So there's a chance, too, that some of this increased production is a result of that AJ Green injury. Um, so the the long-term sustainable value of him might be capped a little bit when AJ Green's on the field. Yeah, and then one more speculative wide receiver ad. I mean, this is... A real deep shot if you if you have a deep roster, you're in need of a wide receiver. Uh, but Cam Meredith had played his first active game, uh, only caught one ball for a touchdown. But uh, if you desperately have an outside shot at a guy who could end up being like the wide receiver two on that team, not counting Kamara, um, he's worth a dabble. I mean, like just throw a buck at him or $0 bid if you can, roster him for a week or two, see what happens, and then cut him if you need to kind of yeah exactly low risk um high reward i think is is really the goal with this pickup i agree with you i'm not spending any of my fab to go get him Mm -mm. um mostly because of the fact that surprisingly ted ginn just won't go away and we came into the season thinking meredith was going to be the two behind michael thomas um and it just hasn't come to fruition quite yet like you said adam see what happens and if it doesn't work out you just cut him and it's no big deal 
Yep. So let's go on to the running back section. Up first, let's talk about a guy I know uh, Okada was very high on coming into the season. Started out kind of iffy, but uh, Naheem Hines is starting to become a little bit of a target hog, I think. I mean, I think he had seven targets this last week and catching the ball a lot. This backfield is very muddled right now. Uh, you know, there's, there's word on the street that the Colts are looking at adding Le'Veon Bell through trade, which would be just oh, really? insane. Yeah, they were mentioned. It's, you know, it's all rumor mill at this point, but. Sure, sure. Um, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so I think that would be a spot that he could end up at. But uh, but for the meantime, it's going to be first and second down work is whoever's looking better of Mack and Wilkins and then Hines catching the ball kind of in that Theo Riddick-type role, I, w- I would imagine. So he's worth, I think, two, three bucks if you if you need a running back in PPR leagues. Yeah, for sure. And that's really where his value is going to come, especially in that PPR format. Um, the Colts obviously have been struggling a lot to run the ball. Uh, it was a difficult matchup against Philadelphia in terms of their rush defense. But uh, the thing that I'm kind of intrigued by is the fact that, you know, Wilkins got six carries and Hines got five. So it's not like he's only catching passes. He true, does true. provide a little bit of value on the run uh, on the ground. So, yeah, I think he's worth an add. And definitely in matchups, especially where the Colts figure to be trailing, garbage time and receptions are going to be the name of the game for Naheem Hines. Yeah, so he had nine targets week one for seven catches, one and one on week two, and then this last week he had five targets and five receptions. So catching uh, most of the balls, looking pretty good, getting used to the game and the tempo of the NFL. So uh, I think it's a good look for Hines, and I think in 12-plus team leagues he's worth having on a roster. Yeah, and real quick too before we move on from the Colts, I think that their defense has somehow overperformed in these last couple of weeks. Um, we saw them limit the the Eagles to just 20 points this past week. And the week before, they actually looked pretty strong as well, which I don't think is going to last. Um, so in the future, moving forward, I do predict game script to favor the passing game and Naheem Hines a lot uh, in the future. Yeah, no, definitely agree. Uh, let's, let's go on to another kind of really low risk if you have an extra spot, maybe, Adam. But Chris Ivory... Uh, looked actually not too bad on that, that offense led by Josh Allen. So uh, this is as simple as he could be a lead running back um, for really cheap. So that's that's all I got on him pretty much. Uh, we, we know what Chris <laughs> Ivory is at this point. So um, very speculative ad. Yeah, absolutely. And this is going to be a very short-term play if he actually does end up becoming anything. Um, LaShawn McCoy, who we know is currently dealing with fractured cartilage in his ribs, sat for this game, which is why Ivory got so much opportunity. Um, so yeah, very deep leagues where you're struggling at riding back. I could justify potentially starting him if you absolutely have to. Otherwise, um, probably not really worth a pickup. Yeah, I mean... That's a good point. McCoy might be out for a little while, so I guess we'll kind of watch the injury report on him, and that, that'll that lean into how much Ivory is worth uh, over the next couple weeks. But uh, another kind of interesting PPR option that's popped up here recently is uh, Jalen Richard uh, on the Oakland Raiders. I think you know going into this year, everyone is expecting Doug Martin to be the second guy in this backfield, and he kind of has been in terms of rushing, but... Anytime that there's been a passing option out of the backfield, it seems to be Jalen Richard. And he's, you know, kind of in that similar stat line of what Naheem Hines is looking like. So, uh, again, a couple bucks, PPR option, maybe a, a bi week filler if you're desperate. Uh, 
Have you have you watched him much? And and uh, what do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I saw that week one, the same thing kind of happened that happened this past week in week three, um, where he was used a lot through the air in ways that were pretty creative, honestly, out of, out of John Gruden when I liked it. But the thing that we've seen now from three weeks is that uh, despite Derek Carr having some opportunities to go downfield, he does like to check the ball down as soon as he's under any sort of pressure. And, and we know that that offensive line has been touted for their run blocking. Their pass blocking has been a little subpar recently. And I think that if that continues for sure, he's going to get those short dump offs um, and provide a lot of value in PPR league. So I like him as an ad, obviously nothing too crazy in terms of your fab budget, you know, one, two, maybe $3. If you mm-hmm. need a running back and other than that, I'm going to kind of wait and see what happens with him. Yeah, I don't know what happened week two, but uh, week one, nine receptions. Week three, six receptions, 55-plus yards, both of those outings. Um, if that's something you can keep up, that's that's valuable. Yeah, you basically you just play him uh, every other week, just like you don't play Amari Cooper during the same week. So whenever yeah. <laughs> Cooper is down, Richard is up. So that's, that's the rotation. Next yeah, week, it's Cooper. Figuring that out is going to be very fun. Oh, man, so frustrating. But let's go on. We got a couple of uh, tight ends here to talk about. One of them is playing tonight and uh, had quite the play. Vance McDonald. Oh, my God. Did you see that stiff arm play? I don't know if you uh... jumped off the couch and yelled. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) He manhandled that dude. And uh, yeah, that was a huge play. Huge touchdown. Vance McDonald uh, just recovering from injury. I don't know. Do you remember what the injury was? It was a foot injury. The specifics of it haven't been really released yet he's dealt with it um pretty much all of training camp and preseason so we didn't really see him at all during that time um and he got off to a very slow start coming back for the first two weeks um but yeah i mean like you mentioned exploded onto the scene tonight so we'll see if that continues moving forward um i'm definitely intrigued mostly because this is one of my tight end sleepers that we talked about over the summer um and we saw jesse james have a huge week last week this week it looks like it's vance mcdonald so if he can take reins of that offense in terms of the, the starting tight end position, uh, Big Ben likes to use him, so I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, as of the end of the first half here, uh, which is when we're recording this waiver show, Vance McDonald had three receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. So that is some upside that I think a lot of people desperately need at the tight end position right now. And uh, Vance is available pretty widely. I think I had him, he's at 11% right now on Yahoo in terms of ownership. So... Yeah, if, if you need a tight end, this is probably north of 5%, probably in that 6 to 7% range. Uh, you might even need to go higher, depending on the number of teams in your league. So um, worth an ad, definitely, for sure. I love Vance McDonald the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. And, and we're going to talk about one more that's a great option to add. But mm-hmm. you know, for those of you that are Evan Ingram owners, uh, he just went down with oh, an yeah. MCL injury. So he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. So yeah. uh, the tight end landscape is getting worse and worse as the weeks go by so yeah for sure these these next two guys that we just talked about are going to be adding um added in a lot of leagues i should say yeah uh let's talk about him it's ricky seals jones uh he was intriguing pickup last year uh when he was playing with uh, actually with blaine gabbert oddly enough uh was his quarterback when he was kind of fantasy relevant at the end of the year last year and now he's going to be getting the services of rookie quarterback josh rosen and uh, Arizona, and that that has some intriguing play because Sam Bradford has been frankly awful so far, and 
you know, it's part on him, part on the O-line and the offense and the play calling. It's, it's, there's a lot of problems right now in Arizona, but I think tight end is one of those positions that you can still kind of leverage even in bad situations. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's the biggest question mark, like you mentioned, is what is this going to look like with Josh Rosen under center, who the Cardinals have recently just named their starter moving forward. Um, he did catch a touchdown pass uh, this past week, but that was from Sam Bradford. So uh, we just don't know exactly what's going to happen there with Rosen. Um, I find it tough to start him if you're going to rely on him for week four, but for sure, add him for you know a buck or two and see what happens. We do see this from time to time for sure when those rookie quarterbacks come in and look for their security blanket tight end. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens there with Rosen and the Cardinals offense. Yeah, the first two weeks, or excuse me, the first three weeks, they had pretty tough matchups. They had the Redskins, the Rams, and the Bears, and they're all pretty pretty solid defenses. So uh, he did get six targets week one and week two, but just couldn't really do much with it just considering the situation. So if he if he keeps up, like around six targets per week, that's that's going to end up being some good games. So you kind of got to chase that. He gets Seattle next week and then the uh, 49ers after that. So could be intriguing. Yeah, definitely startable, um, especially in that second matchup with the Niners. Yeah, that being said, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for waivers this week. There's really not a whole lot barring uh, maybe a crazy injury at the end of this this game tonight, which I'm not hoping for, but is always possible. So, uh, yeah, save your money mostly this week, and if you have a high priority, I recommend sitting on it as well. Uh, it's not not too crazy of a waiver week. Hopefully next week we get a little bit more action. Yeah, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I was just going through before we started and looking at my leagues and any guys that I might want to pick up, and I literally put in zero waiver requests this week, so that kind of tells you um, what the landscape looks like out there so i agree with you definitely save your money this week there will be guys to add that are way more exciting probably as early as next week all right well that'll that'll do it then for week three of the waiver show here that's money talking with kenton betts uh we'll see you next week uh, or see you wednesday even on the main pod and once again we are the red shirts